welcome, welcome, welcome to Practicing His Present Podcast with your host, Elder Gail Osby. Once again, I'm excited to come before you to talk to you about Jesus Christ. But before we begin today's session, let's talk about God's presence. That's the reason why we're here. Psalm 139 exalts God to search us because he knows us. Verse 2 says, you know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. In other words, God knows what you are going to say before you speak it and take action upon it. He knows each and every one of us personally. Verse 7 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? You can't outrun God. There is nowhere you can go. God is always present, even when you think you're alone. Verse 7, uh, 13 says, For you created my inner most beings. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God is showing himself as our creator, Elohim. He knew you from the beginning of time. He formed and fashioned you for his glory. There is nothing you can do to hide from him. And then in verse 14, the psalmist begins to speak and he says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He realizes what God has done for him. God has done a perfect work in each and every one of us. That work he promised to perfect until the day of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we belong to him. We are his children. We're his sons and we're his daughters. If you're not already doing so, daily, daily, and I mean daily, get into God's presence. Praise him. Praise him. Sing songs and talk to the Father. God desires a relationship with you. That's practicing the presence of God. So are you ready for today's message? Today's message comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21, which speaks about God's reconciling himself to humanity. In the Bible, Apostle Paul's role as Christ's ambassador was to proclaim God's reconciling work to the people. And during the early church, we know that wasn't easy. And it's still not an easy task in present day modern times. But God expects each and every one of us, once we have been reconciled, we are to go out and reach others. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 begins to speak about Jesus becoming our substitute. This is how we fit into God's plan. 11 says, Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend, we're not trying to praise or applaud ourselves to you again, but we're giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, 
You hear that? If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. So God sends men into the world for Christ's purpose. For Christ's love compels us. It forces us. It requires us. Because we are convinced that one died for all. Christ died for our sins. And therefore all died. When Adam sinned, we all died. And he, Jesus, he died for all. That those who should live, no longer live for themselves. But for him who died for them and was raised again. Jesus became our substitute. What does a substitute do? It's like in a school when a teacher is absent. They simply take the work that the teacher left during that day or that period of time and they have the students do the work. And when the teacher comes in, the substitute leaves. Well, when Jesus became our substitute, he became a little bit more than that. He became the go-between between us and God. He took on the penalty of sin. He took on the punishment that we should receive. He's standing in the, in the gap. He's making up the hedge, waiting for us to acknowledge God and to partner with God. That's what Jesus did. So as our substitute, he dies in place of the community. As the body of Christ, the collective whole, he dies for mankind. Not just for one man, but for all. So that we are set free from the powers and the dominion of darkness. Satan no longer has authority or say in our lives. We have something to say about it as children of God. We're not under his dominion. We have been translated. In other words, we've moved, we've shifted out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. God's kingdom, an unshakable kingdom where God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy Spirit reside. All we have to do is to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and savior. So why don't you let him in? What happens as a result of making God your Lord and savior? Verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. We become transformed. There's a transformation that takes place. It's all about how we think and who we are is now in Christ. God wants us to put our faith in him so that we can experience his inner renewal through his spirit in our hearts, in our mind, in our lives. And as we learn to seek him, we seek him through fellowship in the word and fellowship with other believers. We begin to grow. Our faith begins to grow. Our faith becomes activated. We begin to move into new levels. We begin to change the old ways that we have, have had for years. And they become new ways. We develop new things in Christ. When Christ comes into the, our lives, our lives change. It's not superficial. It's not superficial. God's transforming power, his transforming work is on the inside and on the outside. 
Sometimes we wonder why we go through trials and tests. Well, God is with us. Remember Psalm 139. He's with us when we're sitting and he's with us when we're rising up. God is always there with us. But there's a process to renewal that allows us to change. Think about who you were five or 10 years ago or when you came into the body of Christ. You're not the same. Those same trials and those same tribulations, things that you thought you would never get through, God brought you through them so that you would become Christ-like, more like him. People spend millions of dollars trying to transform their body, trying to transform themselves because to become someone perfect. I know myself, I've tried diets, brought books, done the diet pills, anything I think that would help me to lose my weight. How, how about you? Did it work? Temporal? For a moment? Think about those in the entertainment field who go through even more of an extreme makeover or change. How they hit the spa on a daily basis, get personal trainers, have multiple plastic surgeries, all in hopes of remaking their image so that they can look good before the cameras, so they can get the right job. Well, God's transformation's not cosmetic. He changes us from the inside out. And as we learn of him, His word has creative power to change our very nature, how we think, who we are. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if anyone, God has no respect of person, is in Christ Jesus. He is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. What's passing away? The old nature. What's becoming new? God's nature in us. In the Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1 begins to talk about God's divine nature. This is how we transform. What is Christ's nature? See, we're transformed by the word of God. So it's important that we know the word or begin to understand the word or hear the word. Apostle Peter says, we grow spiritually by walking in God's divine nature. We are to bend our efforts, make every effort to possess God's nature in increasing measures. So when we first come into Christ, it might be difficult to overcome some of the hurdles that we go through, some of the tests that the enemy wants to take us through because he doesn't want to release us from his, his dominion. But, but God has a, another plan in action because he, he's with us. He's teaching us how to become overcomers, how to move through those difficult times, how to break free from habits, from ways that we had in the past that kept us bound, that kept us discouraged, that kept us depressed. See, God is giving you new life. You know, years ago, I used to go to a church on Sunday morning, never missed a Sunday. And I would hear the word of God being taught. And after the service, I would go home to my family. And when my mother would say to me, you know, what was the message all about today? What did the preacher preach? And I would look at her with a blank face and say, you know, mom, I forgot. 
I realized quickly that I was missing something. I wasn't getting all of God. If I could sit there in the midst of a service for hours or a few hours, whatever it took, and walked away not receiving something in my heart, my heart didn't change. I wasn't becoming new. So I knew that instead of being in the presence of God, I was becoming a part of an organization. And that's not what God is saying for any of us. I believe I should have felt God's creative power moving in my life to change me into another woman. And I say this to you today. If you are in that certain similar situation and God is not moving, then seek God. Ask him, what is it, Lord? What is it do I need to do? Let him begin to speak to your heart. In order to receive anything from God, we have to go to him in faith. And a part of God's divine nature, who he wants to transform us into and change us into, is to be more like him. The Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we all want to please God. That's why we come to him. We all want our father to to love us and he does love us unconditionally. But we want to feel his love. We want to be in his presence. Second Peter chapter one, verses four through eight talks about God's divine nature. It says, whereby are given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of God's divine nature, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren. Oh my God, I love that. You will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God is in his word. When we begin to seek his nature, when we begin to do the things that he is calling us to do, and am I saying it's easy? To, to, to walk in temperance, to have control. No, but we, we put away those things where we would be disturbed or bothered by certain things. We know now that that's a trigger for us. So we put that down. We say, devil, I see you and I'm not going to do it today. I'm going to walk in God's love. I'm going to love that person unconditionally. I'm going to have that brotherly kindness to my sister and brother, no matter what the circumstance is, no matter what I see, because God is in the midst of us. God is working on me and I'm I'm going to be everything that God has called me to be. See, God has promises for us. He wants us to, to, to take these seven divine 
uh, 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 nature that he has given unto us. And he wants us to work that work it into our soul salvation. He wants us to know he loves us, but there's some things we got to do. We've got to have patience because not everything happens at the blink of a, a, a an eye or a snap of a finger. We've got to, to walk some things out in order to get to, to be who God calls us to be in him. We've got to have a godly character. We've have to put down the negativity and pick up the godly character that he's exalting us to have love, love for one another, that agape love. Oh my God, are you receiving it today? Are you receiving something today from this message? Oh my God, we're to live by God's cycles of divine nature. God works on it. He works on every area of our lives. And there are times of testing where he proves us to see if we're walking in patience, to see if we're walking in kindness, to see if we're walking in love. He proves us. God, he, he, he doesn't sit back and, and say, okay, I'm going to test them one time. And if they don't pass, okay, no. Because if you don't pass this test, if you don't develop that character, that same situation will come before you until you pass it. Especially if you say, God, I, I want to operate in the gifts. I want to be great in the ministry of Jesus Christ. Especially if you're seeking him to go into new levels, to be someone in Christ, to go before people. God is going to make a demand on your character. God, hallelujah. My God. It's a joy to know God loves us so much that he wants us to be, to walk in his image, to touch the lives of people the same way he does. This brings me to God's plan of redemption. We know that God is sovereign, so he can do anything he wants, anything he desires, but he chooses to work through men. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, all this is from God <laughs> who reconciles us to himself through Jesus Christ. He reconciles us. Oh, I love it. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. So if someone's bringing your sins continually uh, uh, against you, saying you did this and you did that 20 years ago, that person's of the devil. That person doesn't know God's intention or heart towards you. Because God takes our sins and he throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. And the Bible tells us he remembers them no more. And we also know according to 2 Corinthians, we become new creatures once we are in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. We're not that same person. We're new. We're new. Brand new. God makes us new. We just have to dump the old. We have to remove the old and take on the new. Hallelujah. Oh my God. My God. This is good. God is not beating us over the head and he doesn't call us sinners. He loves us and he has called you his very own. Just as apostle Paul was uh, using, used mightily as God's ambassador. So he wants to use you. 
As a new person, God has given you understanding, a new relationship, a new purpose, a new self-image, and it's all through Christ's death. So when we talk about reconciliation, what does that word truly mean? It simply means to become friends again, not to be alienated or estranged from God, but to be able to go to your heavenly father to have a relationship with him. Isn't that marvelous? Now that you know who you are and what God has called you to do as your first ministry in Christ, why don't you take the leap of faith? Why don't you move closer into God? Just as Jesus reconciled you, begin to speak about Christ in your life to others. Let your light shine before men. You don't have to go before them and beat them over the head and say, Christ, Christ, Christ. But let the light of God that is in you shine before them. They will know. They will know. Amen. Well, this concludes today's Real Bible Talk with Elder Gail Osby. Let me pray a closing prayer for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God, for revealing yourself through your word. I ask that you would equip each and every person that hears this message, change them and transform them into a new you. Make them more like Jesus Christ, O God. I pray that everyone who hears this podcast will develop levels of maturity even the more in your divine nature and character become Christ-like. May you bless them. May they receive favor in every area of their life. Lord Jesus, I pray for the miraculous. Father, where they have been stuck, where the enemy has gained a foothold and they have not been able to move, I pray, Lord, now that you would break the fallow ground. Destroy the works, the plans of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, and cause a newness to shine through them. Jesus, I ask God that you would heal them in their homes, heal their relationships, heal their finances, heal their bodies, oh God. Where they are sick, cause healing to be made manifest. Lord, cause new levels of love and patience, knowledge and temperance, virtue to be made manifest in their lives. Open up the eyes of understanding. Give them the understanding, the enlightenment. Let them see you in a new way. Give them clarity, 2020 vision, Father. Create in them new hearts, one that will run after you. And Lord, I cover each and every person who is a part of this message, who hears the message of Christ in the blood of Jesus Christ. May the power of the Lord Jesus Christ Set them free from every situation and bring them in to the newness that you have in store for them. I thank you for what you're doing and what you're about to do in their lives. In Jesus name. Amen.